Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of December 23, 2018. The following announcement appeared on Leadership and was posted yesterday by Amanda Selm. She writes, Good evening, everyone. Please feel free to share the announcement below with your affiliates and chapters. Coming soon, let's get social with Saturday Night Live Chats, sponsored by ACB Next Generation. Get connected with other people who are blind and visually impaired under the age of 40 from all across the nation. Let's see how many states we can get represented on our first call. This is a great way to meet new people while having fun and learning new things at the same time. And each of our calls will highlight a different topic. Save the date for our first call on Saturday, January 26, 2019 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. More details coming after the holidays. Happy Holidays from Amanda Selm, Chair, ACB Next Generation Committee, 502-750-1774 or alsmoot87 at gmail.com. And this article was posted on the GDUI leadership list on December 20 by Charlie Crawford. It is from the Seeing Eye and the subject is Recent Changes to Delta's Service Animal Policy. Last week, Delta announced changes to its policy concerning service and emotional support animals. Given the changes Delta has made to its policy in March and the controversy surrounding those changes, we thought it would be helpful to provide some clarification on the most recent amendments. The new changes are not directed at guide dog handlers and therefore should not affect us. On flights booked December 18 or later, Delta is banning service and emotional support animals under four months old and emotional support animals on flights lasting eight hours or longer. As of February 1, 2019, these restrictions apply regardless of when the flight was booked. That said, we know that unfortunately, Guide dog handlers can experience negative consequences when airline policies are not applied correctly. Remember that if you believe an airline is discriminating against you because you are working with a guide dog, you can ask to speak to a Complaints Resolution Officer, CRO. We wish everyone smooth travels during this holiday season and into the new year. Darren Harbour, founder of Imagine Blind Players in Louisville, Kentucky, is one of the most energetic, upbeat people I know. He is always on top of his game, whether it be speaking to a group, directing or acting in a stage play, or just dealing with life in general. Darren spoke to the Kentucky Council of the Blind 2018 Conference and Convention on Saturday afternoon this past November. Hear his story on page 2. The Christmas with the Council Party, held each year in Louisville on the first Saturday of December, includes activities sponsored by four of KCB's chapters. 
We've already brought you some clips from the party in a past sound prints, but we saved the best for Christmas week. Michael and Angie McCarty have been Mr. and Mrs. Claus for this party for many years. Share in the 2018 visit from the jolly old elf himself on page 3. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Page 2. Our next speaker that we uh, heard from last night, Darren Harbour. Darren, uh, in 2006, graduated from the Kentucky School for the Blind. Darren that year was a first-timer at the Jacksonville ACB convention. And Darren, being Darren, ACB wasn't ready for Darren. <laughs> I think he almost caused the chair of the first-timers committee to have a stroke or commit suicide. I'm not sure which. <laughs> but they have rules today, thanks to Darren. Anyway... <laughs> Darren was a great first-timer, in our opinion, and um, he's, he's just a great person, and we really appreciate him helping with our auction each year. And last night, he helped us raise $1,636, of which about $780 goes back to our chapters. So, well, thank you, Darren. Darren is going to talk to us today about his theater company, Theater Troupe, which is made up of blind and visually impaired people. They put on a couple of plays, and it's called Imagine Blind Players. And I'm really pleased to introduce Darren to you. And I know Darren is so um, vivacious. Darren, we really can't talk until 10 o'clock tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, Darren Harbour. How are you guys doing today? Did you recover well from the auction last night? Yeah. <laughs> I did as well, and, um, and yeah, that's that's a great amount of money to raise. Um, yes, not till ten o'clock. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. But I really loved a lot of what he was saying, especially when he got to the part about the lamb and the hummus and the bread. Yeah, that was that was, that was one of my favorite parts because I'm a big eater, although I'm very frail and small. <laughs> so, um, so my name is Darren Harbor. Um, I am from Gary, Indiana, which is actually not too far from or not much more dangerous than south side of Chicago. Um, but my demeanor would lead you otherwise, but there is a very tough side to this very smiley individual. Um, so I, was, I graduated from the Kentucky School for the Blind in 2006, and then from the University of Louisville in 2012. Um, during those six years uh, between JCC and the University of Louisville, somebody hid the theater company from me. And they did a really fine job. It's like right by the train, so you hear the train during like every performance, and so you know you don't get to you know hear all the applause and everything. But during those six years, I earned a bachelor's in communication and background in social work, um, and it was you know and it was nice. I met a lot of people, um, but it was not the calling that Darren was looking for. So. In 2012, I landed a job with what was then the Blue Apple Players. Um, some of you may have heard of them, and now we're combined with Walden Theater, um, calling ourselves the Commonwealth Theater Center. I did not vote for that name. 
Um, but it is a theater company where we teaching artists travel to different elementary schools throughout the state, um, the city of Louisville, um, in Oldham County and other places close by, where as a solo performer, I act out a children's story with my body, voice, and imagination. I love this job. <laughs> I remember being a kid and they would invite people to come in and act out stories for us and I'm thinking I want to do that and I, I never thought I'd be able to or how to get hooked up with something like that but I thought I was going in for an acting audition. Um, some friends of mine were talking and I'd always wanted to be, you know, become interested in acting and they were like, well there's websites and, and you know, there's different email servers that you can belong to but you have to already be established for a theater company or two. So a friend of mine told me the information or I probably ear hustled it and just kind of showed up um, which is kind of my MO you know you can all the worst thing you do is be turned away so I just showed up on TARC 3 like any other time of course I got the usual questions are you lost do you know where you're going I'm like oh no I'm in the right place and I didn't get the job that I was looking for then but I got offered the job um, entertaining children educationally um, and this was one of the starts to my acting career when I was at JCC, uh, a teacher of the theater program at JCC had me in her theater class, and it was just an elective before I transferred from JCC. And it, she wanted to put me on stage with a new director from Ireland named Martin French, who loves soccer, or football as they will call it. And um, he had me on stage. It was the first time for him working with somebody blind and visually impaired. It wasn't... Um, he didn't, it didn't take him aback, he wasn't hesitant about it, he just had a lot of questions as most sighted people do, and I just had to be 100% honest with him and let him know, you know, honestly, I really don't have any tips or ways on how this is going to work, I just know I want to do it and I'm not going to let you tell me no, right? So, through not being told no, we ended up with a great 20 minute play where I was the lead role, which I did not expect, but I got and there was a scene where there was supposed to be fight choreography and he was just like, well, I don't know about this. I was like, I do. I got a first degree black belt. I can make this look good. Let's do it. You know, my scene partner in, in that particular play was a really big dude. I was like, cool. So he's going to have to worry about me hurting him. So we choreographed this fight scene and then the director, he, at that point, he just left the room because I don't want any liability of this at all. So we came up with this great fight scene um, where I killed my son. Um, because I killed my father also from some purgatory. The play was called Purgatory. It was, it was very dark. It was very deep. Very unlikely. So it was very weird to go into that mindset. But I was able to do it. And um, well, I remember one night my scene partner. He said, um, "You know, you know, you, normally you're really good on stage. And you, you got all your cues. You make all your marks. But tonight you must have been very." Um, just very into the show because you accidentally stabbed me with the plastic knife for real, which actually made a slight puncture. Um, and then when you threw your punch, you missed my shoulder and actually hit me in the face. Um, I was like, oh, for real? Oh, I'm so... And if you saw this guy, you, you, your knees would shake because this is a big dude. He could have like leveled me at any moment. But but it was a complete accident and he could tell and the show went on. But but he thought it was just funny that you know once you start getting into something, you kind of lose track of all the rules. But, uh, but but anyway, it was my first play, so there was some forgiveness. Um, this really showed me something when I went to other auditions. Whenever somebody with a disability came into an audition space, the demeanor of particular directors would change. 
the whole tone of the room would change. You'd feel all the eyes of all the sighted and able-bodied people turn to that disabled person, almost as if to say, what are they doing here? What can they do here? Are they lost? And as, as with a grain of salt as I took that in my first couple of experiences, some people are going to be more sensitive than others. I'm the type of person, I'm going to ignore your snares and your stairs, kick the door down anyway and keep it moving. But not everybody has that level of aggression and advocacy, and we should not have to. So with that being said, I spoke up for a few people that wanted to enter into the world of acting and being an artist because there's no reason why we can't. I learned in those experiences through, through the first couple of plays I did and doing stand-up comedy that most things that are artistically inclined are already well accommodated. If you move, such as this podium up here, even a slight half an inch to the left than what it's been marked by that director, you will get your butt chewed out. You are not allowed to move any piece of furniture whatsoever, and that's their rules, right, which is completely accommodating for us. They memorize the stage just as the same way. If something goes wrong with the lights and the lights go out, the show must continue to go on unless the director calls it. Everything is kind of already in place for us except for the mindset of openness and inclusiveness. And this is where I came into play. So I found the theater company finally. They tried to hide it from me, but they couldn't hide it for too long. And I eventually found it. I knew how to walk there by myself, and nobody needed to guide me there. Ha, 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 ha. So I found a theater company um, over by the train tracks. And I entered in. I did one of my kids' stories for them. And they said, well, you know, there is some more formal training that you need. And, you know, I ain't going to lie. Part of the reason why I got into acting is because when I lost my sight, having retinitis pigmentosa, reading was the first thing to go out the window. I was a teenager. I liked reading with my eyes. Now I can't. Screw reading. So I thought, I'm going to get into acting, and I'm going to memorize everything, and I'm not going to need to read anything. Wrong. There's so much history in acting and so much that you need to know that there's actually probably more reading. But at least now I'm interested in it, right? So I get into the theater program. I took um, some acting courses. I took some voice lessons, which I would say was the most helpful above all, and some movement classes. I have a background in dance and breaking, uh, tap dancing. I did, I was in the what, what was the name of that magazine? Uh, Dance Spirit Magazine. It's a national magazine, and I was featured in it as a blind uh, break dancer competitively. I competed against other sided people uh, when I was 18 and 20, because when I got out of high school, I was like, I still need stuff to do. You know, I did wrestling and cheerleading. I was everywhere, so, and it's really hard for me to sit down. I'm really glad there's not a chair up here, because I would totally ignore it, right? So when I got into the theater program, I had this laundry list of resume. I'm like, hey, look, I was a model. I was this. I was that. I'm prepared. But not all blind people are going to have that laundry list of experiences outside of singing and playing an instrument that you really honestly do need to be on stage and to move your body and to illustrate a character the way it's called for so that we're not completely limited to characters that are sit sitting the entire play or you're the voice from off stage or you're the introducer or the narrator. I don't want any of us being limited, any limitations beyond what we have set for ourselves. And so there was a lot of issues with that. So the first play I was in, I was the bosun in The Tempest. And they were like, well, you're going to need to move around this stage a lot. So they made me this, this waist-high cane that a, that a boatsman would use anyhow. And I used a patch, a patch over one eye, which they were hesitant because they were like, is that discrimination? Is that prejudice? I was like, no, I want the patch. I mean, it adds to the character. They wore patches back then. Give me the patch. They gave me the patch. They gave me the cane. And I worked the stage. They said, well, the lights are off. I said, that's fine, too. Right? So... <laughs> On a side note, this this girl, glorious girl, she she was a um, 
a fairy in this play, and she climbed silks to simulate flying. And that sparked a bit of inspiration in me. And I told her, I said, someday these silks are going, I'm going to know these silks better than what I'm learning from you right now. And that's going to take some time. But this was in 2013. I performed that play and many others after that. And there was a lot of directors there that some of them were very welcoming and wanting to learn more about how to teach someone who's blind to work the stage. And some of them not so much. And I had to say, you know what? I'm here now. And you're going to have to deal with this until the play is over. Right? So I, I did not get into the theater program there. But that was okay because God had bigger plans for me. So after doing a few plays there and some other places around town, I have been performing with the Braille Readers Theater. Now again, my Braille is not the greatest, but you know it was enough to, to get by and to perform, and I was thankful for that. But a lot of people in the Braille Readers Theater were saying, you know, we get to hear about these cool stories about you performing on stage, and we hear the struggles, but we also hear the fight and that you're succeeding. We want to do this too. And I promised them, I said, one day I will make sure that we all get to perform on feet whoever is willing and wants to and has the passion for it. In 2016, I was performing with the Whodunit KY Murder Mystery Dinner Theater of Kentucky. And this particular show, you have to go to each table and talk in character while they drill you with questions to figure out who the murderer is, which would seemingly be a problem. But... Again, I, I got, I got um, like an umbrella that I use uh, simulating to be kind of like a cane to offset that I may need some assistance without knocking a table over. I only knocked over one table, and unfortunately, it was a chocolate-covered cheesecake. I, that's what I was mad about, right? That's what irritated me the most. It was like, if it was a salad, sure, take your salad. You know, it's fine. The lettuce comes from the ground anyway. But no, it was a chocolate cheesecake. I still cry about that. But anyway, so the character I played, he was fantastic. I love playing Nom de Plume. He was very rude and very pompous and unlike myself, and I very much enjoyed playing him being rude to the other patrons that was in the audience that evening. But anyhow, um, at one point I was joking around in rehearsal, as you can imagine I sometimes do, and I was like, hey, you know, you let one blind person in, what do you think about having a whole slew of us come in and put on one of these dinner theater murder mysteries? And they said, you know, that might not be a bad idea. They took me out to dinner to this place called Village Anger, which is way out my price range, somewhere else, right? Um, got this really fancy dinner. I was so glad I dressed up. A nice glass of wine and everything. And they asked me to produce it. I said, yes, of course, because I say yes to everything. And then I had to go home and look up what it meant to be a producer. Um, <laughs> So I went home and I called all the directors that I've ever worked with and was like, so, how does this work, you know? And so I talked with some directors. They said, first you got to get the rights to the play. Then you got to get this. Then you got to get more paperwork. Then I talked to Adam Rushable, who gave me this phrase of 501c3, which I still don't know what that stands for. But I had to figure it out really quick, do some paperwork, get grants, get funding. I thought, man, this is a lot more work than I thought. I just want to perform. But there's other people that want to perform too. And if I'm the one that needs the pioneer to lead this, it looks like I'm going to have to get my RP butt up and start reading some more, right? So I got a group together. Some of them were very much like, yes, we want to do this. We want to move because we're not using our canes. We're not using our guide dogs. But some of them, no, I don't prefer to move around that much, but I support you. And I and all of us respect the decision to say, hey, we, some of us want to be on stage. Some of us want a Braille reader off stage. Some of us want to be a supportive audience. Either way, we're all still there and standing by each other with it. So we, we love and respect all. But we are looking for new members. We came up with the name Imagine Blind Players because, as you can imagine, it's hard to imagine blind people performing theater at the level of sighted people. 
Um, our rehearsals are once a week right here in this room. There's been a lot of magic in this room. I mean, glorious amount of magic in this room. Um, I hear Sue Ellen over there. She's, she's, she joined us after our ballroom dancing dinner theater show we did that year. Um, it was fantastic. We raised a lot of money. Um, you know, the Lions Club and ACB and just so much support and hands in and more blind people that are more interested in art basically because the door is open to be able to do so and you have that thought in your mind. It was breaking my heart listening to other blind people say, well, can we do this or when did this happen or that means that something where somewhere in your mind, much like driving and being a truck driver, this was not something you were going to be able or allowed to do. And that hurts me. That hurts me. It breaks my heart because there's no reason why we can't. And that's what this platform was created for. So in 2016, I got 501c3'd and uh, became Imagine Blind Players Incorporated um, and got a tax man and all that stuff. And we put on our first show in June of 2017, Lady Anderley's Rose. Um, I still cry about it to this day. It was, it, was an it was an amazing performance. And then our second show in December of California Suite, which did feature Sue Ellen in the audience, yes. Um, that particular play had a fight scene, uh, again, uh, except it was two blind people instead of just me and a sighted person who was afraid of getting shanked. Um, and that fight scene got voted best fight scene in local theater. There were so many directors calling me, and, and you know how sometimes sighted people can get when they want to ask us questions. They're like, yeah, I don't want to be rude, but how? 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 And, and, and I love to make them sweat. I'm on the other side of the phone with this big shit-eating grin on my face, like, yep, come on, put your foot in your mouth, come on, taste those toes, go ahead. But sometimes I save them, and I say, you know what, we threw paint against the wall, and we figured out what works. Uh, my co-actor at that time, we, we both uh, took judo lessons, um, and I've been doing martial arts for quite some time. I've not had any formal combat training. Uh, the only training I've had was some of the girls that I performed other plays with would show me out back when we're changing in and out of costumes or whatever. She goes, hey, let me show you this. Let me see if you can learn this. And I just remember everything. My memory is, you know, you can't write that stuff down. You write it in your mind, you know. Um, so that fight scene was great. Um, I loved hearing my actors during that performance and during rehearsal saying, Darren, I want more blocking. I want to move around more. I want to do more facial expressions. My sister, Jasmine Ross, she modeled with me for years. Uh, she's my visual director, and she helps us to enhance our facial expressions or our body language and those things. Um, I also hire movement specialists to come in to help us work on the archetypes of what body language says and comes off to other people. I'll hire a ballet instructor. We had a ballroom dance instructor that came in, and I even am going to teach basketball in our next season to awaken some of those more movements that we that we that we would like to know what's going on. So we love sports, contrary to what side of people think. But it would be nice to know what does a dribble actually look like? What does a layup actually look like? Or a hook shot and feeling that inside your body and giving your body that sensory awareness that it may not have tapped into before. Um, in massage therapy, we call it the path of least resistance. So your brain will get used to the ways that you've been moving and getting around so much, in fact, that anything outside of that is almost painful to the mind to attempt to try. But we believe in enduring some of that pain and trying to find a way to awaken those other, those other modes in our minds. 
and I encourage you, as you know, blind people here and everywhere else, to come and join us and do the same, even if you just wanted to take a workshop or two, because you don't know what you can awaken in yourself and what your niche really is if you limit yourself to what you have been told visually is, is not, cannot happen or you cannot adapt to. Um, you can take these skills, and a lot of my actors and actresses have done this. The skills that we learn in Imagine Blind Players are more and more than welcome to be carried over into everyday life. Uh, sitting postures, the facial expressions, the body language can definitely be taken into a job interview. Uh, can definitely be taken onto the job. Or when you're meeting somebody new from another country, if there's a certain way you need to stand or bow or whatever that, uh, whatever that may be. Um, all these things can be transferred, and there's so much to learn, but the commitment must be there. And that's the main thing that you need with acting. You don't need sight, you don't need to be able to walk, or even need to be able to hear. You just need the commitment. It's not just that three hours a week at rehearsal. It's going home, it's learning your lines, it's practicing those physicalities. Um, there was a great pillow fight in California suite, and my two ladies <laughs> that did that pillow fight, they were like, we've never done a pillow fight before. And that broke my heart. I mean, you know, you know, and not to say, oh my God, you've never had a pillow fight, but it's like, no, you've never been, you never have been able to have a pillow fight. And it's a beautiful thing. And they, and they did it. It was great. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> you know, and, and it worked out well. Um, there were a couple of bumps and bruises along the way, just like anything else. There was a couple of injuries. But I, in April, well, I guess July, I was officially licensed as a massage therapist um, for the state of Kentucky and Indiana. Yes, go ahead. Yep, I love it. Go ahead, clap for me. Yep, go ahead. And I currently have a job up the street, and I also work across the street from here at my home uh, for the convenience of, of some of my clients. Um, and, we're an, and we're an injury healing uh, massage, ther massage therapy. Um, so, you know, so I was able to doctor up my own actors and actresses, which really, you know, helps me out to keep us all afloat and moving. I'm all about health and wellness and keeping yourself exercised. And that's what Imagine Blind Players is about also. You know, what can we exercise? What can we work through? Bring your personal issues that are completely confidential and let's work through those because acting is also very therapeutic, right? Some of the parts that we play sing to us, some of them don't. And we want to adhere to all the different parts that is our heart and our emotions. Um, I want to take some questions real quick before I step down. No time? That's fine. No time for questions. That's more than fine. But I will give you some contact information. My phone number is 502-619-0980. Feel free to call me or text me at any time. I do the interview um, and audition processes one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, with future actors and actresses. We will start our next season in April of 2019, and I would like to get together with new aspiring actors and actresses uh, to make sure everything is clear and on the go um, well before then, hopefully by February. So please give me a call. Uh, it's been wonderful talking with you guys and entertaining you all last night. That was a great deal of improv. And, uh, and I hope to hear from you very, very soon in joining Imagine Blind Players. Thank you. APH is Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, 
including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Send to Braille is a free tool for creating a Braille file quickly in Windows. It adds a shortcut to your Send to Folder menu. Once installed, simply point to a file, right-click, select Send to, select Braille, to create a quick Braille file instantly. Download Send to Braille from the American Printing House for the Blind at tech.aph.org lt. Page three. Oh, well, you know what? We got to sing Jingle Bells, guys, because I think we have a visitor soon. Let's see if we do. We're dashing through the snow in one horse up and sleigh. Everybody been good? 
Well, I, I do detect some hesitation. Let's let's try that again. Has everybody been good this year? Absolutely. Yeah, that's better. You guys are almost convincing. Now uh, we'll we'll make sure that all the presents are delivered as usual Christmas Eve, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. She's telling me don't forget the cookies. I don't deliver cookies. That works the other way around. That's right. You guys don't forget the cookies. We'll make sure we have the presents. You guys just bring the cookies. I always like that too. And I got a couple people now that are getting kind of... I don't know if people figure the better stuff they leave, the better presents they're going to get. You know, it always used to be cookies and, you know, occasionally you get a piece of banana nut bread or something like that. Last year I went to a couple houses, I got steak, baked potatoes, you know, I'm like, people are kind of up in the ante here a little bit, it didn't really change what they got, but Sandy sure ate good that year, I can tell you that. <laughs> Had lots of good steak and baked potatoes, you can't beat that, you know. So, don't try that at home, kids, it's not going to work. So just, I mean, if you want to leave me a, a steak, I won't mind it, but... I'll still have the same amount of gifts for you and stuff, but it's a thought that counts, right? What they say? I think we have some gifts to give out here tonight, too. We're going to have a volunteer to come up and read tags, so that way we can make sure we give everything to the right people. And Santa Claus, I tell you, I don't know, my, my eyesight's getting worse the older I get, so... We'll, uh, we'll let some of these other folks read these tags and pass out the gifts. Sandy's going to do what he does best, stand here and look good. Hey. Now let's all don't jump at one time. because I don't want to hear you guys cry tonight. Destiny. Destiny gets the first present from Santa. some slime surprise, uh, supplies. <laughs> if, if I'm not careful, the reindeer might leave you some slime surprise too. But <laughs> Depending on what they eat on the trip.
I'm as friendly as I can be, honest. A green bag with no tag. Hold it, don't know it. Who had a green bag? <laughs> now see, you wouldn't come see me while he, he won't come see me, but he wants two gifts, see? There you go, Steve. You for Christmas. A Batman toy, awesome. And you want some slime, too. Wow, that seems to be a popular thing this year. We can do that. Anything else? No Legos or nothing like that? Oh, I figured I'd hit one with Legos, see? Sandy knows these things. All right, well, I'll see what I can do for you, okay? All right, you have a good one. I'll see you Christmas Eve. Legos, I'll tell you, that's one toy. They can make a million of those sets. The kids absolutely love them. Personally, I always like those big sets with the three and 4,000 Lego blocks in there. Well, you've got plenty of blocks. You can build whatever you want. And lose them underneath the couch. That's where the other 500 of them go. Stepping on them hurts. So, Deanna, are we going to sing a song or two or ten? We can. Has everybody got a present? Have, make sure we haven't forgot anybody. singing along with Deanna. I'm sorry. Deanna's been playing piano for Christmas parties. Golly, Deanna, how long has it been know. since you've been doing that? A long time.
um, items from the bargain table up to $10 worth of items from the bargain table. You can pick one item or you can pick two or three items, whatever you wish. Um, that adds up to that value. And the winner, the first winner is Susan Robertson. Yay! Santa? Santa? Another number between 1 and 60. Let's go with... Mm, yeah, 39. Let's go with uh, 52. Santa picked 52, and the person with that number is Patty Cox. Okay. Another number. Let's see here. Let's go with 38. And and that 38 is the next number Santa picked, and that is Elaine. Santa, you can give me one more. And one more number. Let's go with 25. A quarter. Okay. 25 is Marissa. Is Marissa here? Oh, Santa, pick another number. All right. Well, let's go with 21. Uh, Megan Bryant. Megan, are you still here? Yes. Okay. All right. There we go. So those are our winners. And you all can come up and pick your choice. All right. If all the pictures are taken, then Santa Claus has got to get on to the next event. I've got a uh, benefit for children to go to here in a little bit. So we are going to be on our way. Santa, Santa, are you going to stop by the holiday auction tomorrow night for ACB? We will do our best to see if we can do that. I hope that everybody will tune into the ACB radio auction tomorrow. Absolutely. We're going to have a great time. I know you guys are going to be busy. And lots of money is going to be raised. So Santa Claus will do, I'll do my best to try to get there. If I can't make we sure it, hope you'll be there, Santa. I'll at least be tuned in anyway, that's for sure. We all love our ACB radio. Thank you, Santa. Merry Wasn't Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wasn't Santa great? Thank you, Santa. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. On December 27, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Citizens with Low Vision will hold a support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. This is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years. Held at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502 895-4598. On December 28th, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its final roundabout of the year from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. Looking ahead to the new year, 
On Tuesday, January 1, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will be holding its first conference call of the year. At 8 p.m. at 669-900-6833, code 3572-595193. This is a combination of business meeting and support group, and all are welcome. On January 3, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its monthly conference call for blind lions from around the country. This is an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to become more involved in local clubs and to find out what others are doing in their local clubs. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. On January 4th, the Greater Louisville Council of Blind will have its roundabout, education and technology from 3 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, dinner $6 per person, 6 to 7, games and crafts from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On January 5, Mary Ingalls, The Frontier Years, from 1 to 3 p.m., at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. My sister Mary is the reason I am a writer, said Laura Ingalls Wilder, the celebrated author of the Little House books. Mary lost her sight at the age of 14, and Laura became her sister's eyes, describing the world around her so her sister could see as well. Without her sight, Mary was expected to perform her share of the tasks in a frontier family home. House cleaning, cooking, laundry, sewing, looking after children. How did she do that? Our guests, exhibitors, and presenters are some of our museum friends who are blind or visually impaired. We'll also sing along with some of Pa's fiddle tunes, weave a beaded bracelet, the same as those Mary made for her sisters, and celebrate Mary's birthday with a cake made from Ma's recipe. Dressing as characters in the Little House books is encouraged. This is a free event, but there is limited space. Best for all ages. Registration required. Call 502-899-2213 to sign up. On January 6th, The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Committee meetings will be held. 7 p.m. is Advocacy and 8 p.m. is Education, Activities, and Technology. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On January 8th, the Support Alliance for the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have a meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church in Owensboro. For information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. January 9, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its conference call meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at 605-475-4700, intercode 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On January 9, the KCBPR Membership Committee will hold its meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call at 669-900-6833, 
Enter code 3572-595-193. January 10, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have a support group meeting. This is an in-person meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On January 11, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its roundabout, education and technology, 3 to 5, discussion time, 5 to 6, dinner, 6 to 7, bargain table, 7 to 7.30, and bingo, $2 a person from 7.30 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call to sign up at 502 895-4598. January 12th is the Greater Louisville Council Board Meeting. At 11 a.m. by phone, call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. January 13, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation will have its chapter meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. This is the regular monthly chapter meeting for visually impaired people under 40 years old who are members of the Kentucky Council of the Blind who are, or who are interested in participating in the chapter. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On January 13, ACB Families invites everyone to participate in our first teleconference of the year. The January topic is always financial in nature, and this year we will have a financial planner from Ameriprise with us. The phone number is 712-432-3900, and the code is 796096. The call will take place at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and all are invited. On January 14, KCB Next Generation will have its nationwide conference call at 8.30 p.m. on the Zoom line at 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. For questions about the Next Generation National Conference Call, Contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or email her at alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T-87, at gmail.com. On January 18, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have a roundabout. Education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, games and crafts 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598. On January 20, the KSB alumni will hold a board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On January 21, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its January board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 669-900-6833, enter code 3572-595-193. And on January 23, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834.
On January 24, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have another support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. And on January 25, GLCB will have another roundabout, Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5, Tip Sheet, 5 to 5.30, Page Turners, with your chance to share good books with others, as well as a Tri-State Library Users Meeting from 5 to 6, Dinner 6 to 7, and KCB Next Generation Activity, Games and Crafts beginning at 7 p.m. For more information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. On January 27, we'll be in ACB Families Support Group Meeting, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On January 28 is a Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana membership meeting, 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. Looking ahead to a couple of important meetings, February 23, 24, and 25 is the ACB mid-year meetings, including the President's Meeting, ACB Board Meeting, and the Legislative Seminar and Visit to Capitol Hill. And July 5 to July 12 is the 58th ACB National Conference and Convention in Rochester, New York. More information on both events coming soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.